0: This week is Planet of the Apes. We'll just cut right to it. Welcome back to Real Good Movies.
1: We're back. We're doing Planet of the Apes. It's wow. This
0: is your choice. We took two weeks off, and I feel like this is a movie that, for me, required a little bit of processing time. Yeah, definitely. and time to sit with it and think about it uh, because you you picked this movie. This was your week. So this is this is on you. Whatever happens mm-hmm. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blame me. <laughs> uh, that's OK. So, yeah, it was uh, for for anybody who doesn't know what Planet of the Apes is and, and one of its million uh, either spin-offs, remakes, sequels. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a U.S. Spaceship lands on a desolate planet stranding a spaceman in a world dominated by apes such a simple concept
1: yeah that's a nice uh, simple concept that's got to be like i I don't know what the log line for this movie is but it's it's definitely like anytime you read a synopsis or something of this it goes into so much detail about the classes of apes and and what's going on and all of that it's kind of cool to hear it like really stripped down and basic like that i actually like that that's like a like a twilight zone uh explanation or something I,
0: I was waiting to see how long uh before you mentioned twilight zone because talk about that like what is it is it the connection to rod serling who is one of the writers of this film uh, that really got you into this movie or was it vice
1: versa i don't know what i saw first i don't know if I, I i i do believe that i probably watched some twilight zone before i saw this movie and to be honest with you i think the first Time or so that I saw it. I didn't even know Rod Serling was involved at all. I think my my history that goes back with this movie and liking it and everything is just being really into sci-fi and stuff as a kid. So there was actually a television show that was produced. Um, I, I think it was just one season, mm-hmm. um, but I think that that replayed in syndication on, or maybe it's not called syndication. Whenever you only have one season, I, I don't know r- reruns, whatever um, that played on the Sci-Fi Channel like during the day and stuff. So I, uh, you know, miss school or something and, and then watch. Uh, the Planet of the Apes TV show. And I think that got me involved in it first. So there wasn't, like, I was obviously younger. That we didn't have, you know, that same information out there. You didn't, like, grab your laptop or your phone or whatever and Wikipedia it and see who wrote it and stuff like that. So it wasn't really, right. uh, I don't know, in my consciousness at that time. Okay. But, but yeah, I, I'm not sure which came first. I, I I believe that it was most likely Twilight Zone episodes. Because um,
0: yeah, you said this is, like, a childhood movie for you. And I figured that's maybe yeah. why... Um, because a movie from 1968 mm-hmm. called planet of the apes is not it's let alone like a movie that not many people have seen but <laughs> it's it's not a movie a lot of kids have seen
1: i don't know i think that would be interesting to to find out if there were a way to find that out i, I mean this is a popular sci-fi movie of course um a popular podcast um, too. So. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, of course a lot of people have seen it um yeah it's it, had uh two reboots um like i said it's had a television show i think it had two television shows actually countless other things comic books novels whatever we have a weird sonic the hedgehog uh, fanfic with it or something probably i don't know but uh, (laughs) yeah there's there's tons of stuff out there about planet of the apes and i think the reason for that of course is because if you if you strip it back of its of its surface you know story or whatever you can kind of see what was going on at the times in the late 60s with the obviously stuff with war, with a lot of uh, classism, racism, all that kind of yeah. stuff, um, sexism, whatever. And that plays a big part in this. And then you have um, uh, Ten Commandments himself, Charlton Heston in the lead role. So uh, so that uh, been here or whatever, um, that yeah. plays a big part.
0: But yeah, this is the oldest movie we've talked about.
1: Yeah, I was and- I, I was thinking that as well. Uh, <laughs> what well, before this is Halloween. So right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think
0: so, Seventy, okay. whatever year that was, 78, I should know this, I just sent you a meme on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm also feeling like 78, but I have no clue. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I, I just think it, 1968, like the 60s were like a weird transition phase, and I was yeah. looking through like the box office results of 1968, because really, who goes back and watches these old movies? Kids today don't, unless, you know, like me and you, we, we stumble on these movies that accidentally, mm-hmm. or someone tells us to watch it, that we, we trust, we watch them. But 68 was like, there was no such thing as like a huge summer blockbuster back then in the sense that we know it now. So I was thinking, and maybe you share the sentiment, like, is this like that, like a 1968 version of a big screen blockbuster, you could almost call it like the equivalent of a Marvel movie.
1: Obviously we have the uh, hindsight, I guess that that's hindsight, right? (laughs) And yeah, Yeah. so being familiar with a blockbuster of course the the first blockbuster being jaws so so a couple of years uh, quite a few years after this um so so we can relate that to something and and this obviously is something a little bit different but i think that if if that existed at the time yeah this would fit into that camp it's it's something different um i think it i'm pretty sure it made its budget back at least um and it had a huge uh Charlton Heston, in <laughs> the lead role cast. Yeah, he's, there, that's so.
0: that's a big name in the 60s.
1: Yeah, that was a big bring. I mean, I would like to equate that to something like having like an Arnold movie in the 90s. Like that's that's pretty much the same thing. That's what that is. So yeah, I think it you could definitely call this a blockbuster comfort yeah. comfortably.
0: <laughs> yeah. In 68 Oliver, um the movie Oliver wins Best Picture, not a movie mm-hmm. I've seen, and probably a musical, I believe. I don't know if you're familiar. No, no clue. Yeah. So, so the box office was this movie actually ranked seventh. Okay. 1968. Uh, It went up against other movies like 2001, a space odyssey and Mm -hmm. Rosemary's baby. And I was watching, like looking at the sixties and like the state of cinema, like movies were very much made for adults, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. adult stories. And it was very much driven. And, And the planet of the apes is kind of, when I was watching this movie, I said, this is a movie for all ages
1: i think one of the crazy things about it is it's it's still rated g somehow i don't know how you get a g rating in something like this a general audience rating there's there's definitely uh some stuff that i would at least consider a little i don't know maybe pg <laughs> but I,
0: I would say probably the male nudity i was yeah shocked.
1: that um I, I feel like we have some uh some bad words in here you can't say in a G movie. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm just uh, r- recalling incorrectly, but um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no f bombs. There's definitely no yeah. f bombs.
1: But but yeah, I guess this was comfortably something you could bring your kid to in 1968 or, or whatever. Yeah. um I don't know. I, I do feel like it would be hard, especially for a small kid. You know, maybe like a preteen or something, but. It's it's not that it's slow at all, but the pacing is is very weird, especially for today's standards in pacing. Yeah, um, I was thinking
0: about that as I was watching this, and the first half an hour of the movie is basically their trek from the the crash spaceship mm-hmm. up until where they they the other ape characters aren't introduced half an hour into this movie. And that to me is the definition of a slow burn.
1: Yeah, and we have some really weird scenes too. Obviously, the stuff in the ship is important. Um, whenever they crash land into the water, that's, that's important and everything, Mm -hmm. um, stuff that happens, uh, whenever they're like running down the Hill or whatever for, for like a good, (laughs) what seems like five minutes or something. Um, like, I don't know. I, I feel like if I was a small child, like I, I'd lose interest right then. Like I wouldn't, it, it would take a lot to get me back into this. Um,
0: Yes that that is very true. But like any good movie and I always say this defending movies that are like a little bit slower at first mm-hmm. is that you got to light the slow fuse and let it explode at the end and this movie it does that pretty damn well.
1: Oh yeah. I I think look it'll be a surprise either way how how we rate this and everything sure. at the end I'm sure but um but I think you would be pretty hard pressed to say that this doesn't like work um that they don't really establish and build this world and aren't able to execute what they tried to execute um uh, they definitely did it it hits those points uh i was looking at the directing uh directed by Frank Schaffner of
0: Patton uh best mm-hmm. picture winner mm-hmm. and written by Michael Wilson of Lawrence of Arabia and Bridge on the River Kwai both mm-hmm. best picture winners yep and rod serling uh who obviously you're you're a, either a big fan of or you know his work pretty well yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and is it? It's pretty evident. And I was watching this ever since we started talking movies. And you, you talked about uh, the Twilight Zone. I think it was Truman Show when you first started talking. How mm-hmm. you know these movies can kind of translate into an expanded version of of one of those episodes. And I thought next to Truman Show, this might be one of the best adaptations of a possible Twilight Zone
1: episode that we've covered. Yeah, it is, and it's it's almost like a weird Twilight Zone because usually twilight zone doesn't really get like this uh, far out of course they don't have the runtime usually to do that this is kind of like a big undertaking to to tell in like 20 some odd minutes or whatever right but um but yeah it it has all of those themes and elements it has it it, it does hit those in, in the beats like the same kind of beats that the twilight zone hits with with like you said it kind of has that like slow burner uh, uh, of course, The Twilight Zone does it a much different way. It's faster paced and everything, but, um, but you're not hit with everything in a lot of exposition right at the beginning. It's kind of uh, something happens. We build a little bit of a world or a scenario or whatever, and then you're yep. hit with a twist or something. So that's really what this does. Um, so this is a, a big two-hour episode of The Twilight Zone. Absolutely. It's just uh, written a little bit different. Sure. And I noticed that when,
0: you know, you're stretching this movie out to two hours, I saw the runtime and I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I had never seen a Planet of the Apes film before this. And I've not seen the remakes, the rehashes, anything. Uh, so I didn't really know what I was getting into. And two hours goes by. Of watching this and i thought as i was watching this they didn't jam pack all the exposition into one segment of the movie yeah the movie starts off with a little bit of exposition who these characters are where they're going how much time has passed and a time clock is pretty crucial especially in a movie like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so the opening scene was uh, i was really floored and i was floored at how how much it you couldn't tell it was from 1968
1: yeah, it's it does that pretty well. It does um, the effects, the the makeup, all of that. Like it, it does a good job. Not really dating it too poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you can tell when you go back and and, and of, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, right. we, we have that luxury of that. But um, but yeah, they they really did a good job with this. They really mm-hmm. kind of pulled out all, all the stops here.
0: Uh, the music by Jerry Goldsmith, known for his work on Alien, mm-hmm. Small Soldiers, Air Force One, Gremlins, Dennis the Menace, Basic Instinct, Star Trek, and Oscar for his score of the Omen. Pretty famous dude, a lot of good movies in there, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. I didn't realize that the same dude that did the score for the omen was the guy that did small soldiers. That's uh that <laughs> omen score is, is awesome. Um <laughs> That's, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to lie on my, on repeat, the, the omen, the theme song or the, mm-hmm. the main music for that actually made it to my on repeat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I listened to a lot of that. And uh, yeah, when Jerry Goldsmith uh, showed up on this and in, in the credits and whatnot, I said, Oh, well that, that name's familiar. I'll take, take a look. I didn't know he did small soldiers, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I did know he did, did the omen. So that's a good point that it's, it's the diversity of this and the music can, can make or break a film. And I think it adds a lot to this movie as simple yeah. as it is.
1: Yeah, it does. And and you were just saying it's simple. It is, it is pretty simple music. It's a simple score. I don't know. It it, it hits these uh, I, I hate to reuse what I was saying a minute ago with the blocking and everything, but like, yeah. but it does, it hits these beats. Like it's, it's done really well, really tastefully. Um, And then it does that weird thing that some of those late sixties scores do also, where it's kind of, you listen to it now. And some of it sounds like weird sound effects mixed up in there. Like it's it's pretty strange, but it does work well, even on its own.
0: Yep. It it is one of the things that ages the movie a little bit because Mm -hmm. he has a sound and uh, a lot of movies from the sixties had like that sound to it. And it's really important, especially in a slow burn movie. I noticed if nothing's happening in the scene, at least make the music worth listening to. Uh If they're walking (laughs) across the desert from this lake to, to where the apes are, make the music work it was actually, uh, nominated for an Oscar for best original score that year.
1: Yeah. And I could see that nomination that, <laughs> that definitely makes sense. I think there's probably better stuff out there that year. So I could sure. see why it probably didn't win. You were talking about 2001 space odyssey a minute yes. ago. And, and I don't know, this is the same year, I guess. Yep. 68. Wow. That, that blows my mind. In in, in my mind, uh, 2001 space odyssey is a little bit before this, but, um, yeah, you can kind of see that, or, or I guess I feel like it borrows some uh, from there, especially in, in the sound design and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and some of its themes and elements and everything. Um, but to think that they were released on the same year, I, I guess it can't borrow much. Um, yeah. Obviously, this was a, a, a written novel in the first place, anyways. But um, now, have yeah, you read the, the novel? No, no, no. Okay, no.
0: I thought maybe you you might have if you loved the movie. <laughs> if you're <laughs> yeah. a real fan,
1: <laughs> I, I think it goes more into, from from what I recall, it goes more into like the war aspects. Now, as the Planet of the Apes uh, original franchise goes on, I think there's there's five movies, so there's four sequels to this, um, and it really really gets into some crazy shit. Like it it really goes all over the place, and um, they're actually not hard to watch at all. Like they get. I'm not going to say better, but like more interesting. Um, And it's a really cool like hole to just kind of dig yourself into and watch all of these, but it has a lot to do with, with war. There's like a lot of elements of war that, that come across in in the entire picture um, that I think were taken from the novel where you don't see a lot of that here in this first one, obviously there's remnants of one or something, but. um, They kind of allude to it a little bit throughout the (laughs) movie. Sure.
0: Uh, and I like that this movie, I mean, you, you, it's obviously a sci-fi fantasy, mm-hmm. I mean, but if you if you kind of look past the fact that it's an it's another planet. Um, also, there, there's going to be huge spoilers as we talk about this movie. <laughs> if you don't know the ending to this movie, um, there's going to be spoilers. So mm-hmm. heads up from here on out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, despite being on a different planet, this movie to me was more of like a character driven story. Than it mm-hmm. was like a sci-fi, like a, a space uh, spectacle, like maybe 2001: A Space Odyssey.
1: Um, and it is, and it's funny. It's it's really cool that you say that because I didn't even think to point that out at all. But it really is that character study and everything on the actual species or in the individual uh, apes and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's not really so much on the humans, which is kind of weird. Uh, Taylor is obviously important in this movie and, and somewhat and the next one, but, um, but spoiler alert for the, for the whole franchise <laughs> or whatever, like he, he doesn't matter after like the second act of the second movie, like he's gone after that. Um, so it focuses on other things, but, um, but yeah, it is, it, it's this cool character study. And, and what the character study is, is this fictional race of uh super intelligent, highly evolved apes. So right. it's kind of cool. It's
0: very much a thinker. Like it made me think, about how if the roles were reversed Mm -hmm. um basically that's what we see today we look at apes uh, in the jungle we we see how they interact and say hey they're pretty smart but Uh to put humans on the other side of that and treat to treat the humans we see on screen as as one of like a role reversal thing Mm -hmm. uh, i thought that was something that really resonates it's a lot of commentary on social like not just like how we treat animals Mm-hmm. but it's how we treat other humans. It's how we treat the world around us. It's how we, we kind of religion has a, a place in society, but mm-hmm. then science does as well. And it, it covered all of these topics
1: all in one, two hour movie. And that's what really blew me away. That's the crazy thing about it. I think if you were to strip down this, uh, this screenplay, it really lays on top of them just saying something about like what was currently happening in society in the mid to late sixties. Mm-hmm. And then layering on top of that, um, this fictional society that they created to kind of uh, fluff it out with a, with a science fiction story or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really this uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's something so unique and to think that they kind of put in all of that work with all of these crazy elements the classism the racism the religion the the not accepting science or or pro science anti science like all of these themes that still kind of come up in, in political they do. conversation yeah. today but right it's like 50 <laughs> years later almost uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. and
0: and and the message in this movie is more relevant now Sometimes, when it comes to some of these topics, than mm-hmm. than it was back then, and that's what really drew me into this movie. Uh, on top of the excellent acting and a lot of other things that we'll we'll definitely get into, it really I had to split this movie in half because of uh, the schedule I was on. Mm-hmm. So when I had to watch the first half, I could not wait to watch the second half. I was dying to watch the rest of this movie halfway through, and I and it really like that character drama. And it and the way it tr- kind of transformed into an unconventional courtroom drama about how oh many yeah yeah that's, as well. that's that's one of my favorite things about I'm this like movie. holy shit wh- what like th- I'm loving this I'm everything yeah. that I, I like in movies I'm a big sucker for drama the mm-hmm. melodramas um, you know those Oscar winning Oscar bait movies mm-hmm. that's my cup of tea and you get that out of this movie but you also get sci fi uh, and you also get like heavier messages and I thought that was just um really impressive from a movie especially a movie called Planet of the Apes where you just think mm-hmm. oh it's just going to be people fighting human apes it's that's it
1: sure yeah not. that's that's all it sounds like it sounds like one of those sloshy uh 50s drive-in late night uh sci-fi horror movies i think they yeah. had some. there was a lot of them with names like this planet of the vampires planet of whatever there there was a whole lot there and to think that this movie actually really had something to say about society and about something as big as, as evolution. Um, mm-hmm. Something uh, some, some uh, a lot of times um, I, I can't say that it's because of the time that it was in, because I think a lot of people are still guilty of this, but a lot of people think of our current understanding of evolution as, as it's presented or whatever, in its basic form of that uh, humans evolved from apes, um, which is, which is a fine, very base surface level understanding of it. Of course, we know that that's not really the case. There's a lot of different steps and evolution is not like a, like a ladder or anything, but, um, but uh, to look at it that way and say, okay, well, here's your, your basic understanding where you're saying that humans have essentially evolved from, from some common ancestor with apes or whatever. Um, So we're going to take that and, and spin it, uh, completely around and now humans are these savages roaming out in the jungles being caught and and apes are highly intelligent forming a society forming religion having the ability to speak and express their thoughts where the humans can't do those things um it's yeah. just really crazy to think that somebody uh came up with that in 1968 of course <laughs> yeah it predates 1968 but you it, know what i mean <laughs> it just goes to show you like people have always been saying like what if
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and and that's what
0: i love movies that make you say what if some fast facts i i was reading during breaks in filming people dressed up in their costumes didn't take the makeup off because apparently it took a long time and you can kind of tell the the level of of quality in in the makeup and the costumes in this movie
1: yeah you can definitely tell i think that i read the budget for it was 5.8 million um and they were like most of that went to uh makeup yep they they had some
0: of the best guys in hollywood working on this movie Mm -hmm. uh, and it paid off yeah Uh, so they would apparently uh as they were dressed up in costume people dressed up as gorillas would hang out with gorillas orangutans with orangutans uh (laughs) and chimps with chimps and i thought wow if that's true that is just a statement about what this movie is all about
1: yeah there's no way that's not true i remember uh watching that on the Behind the Planet of the Apes documentary. I think that's what it's called. And 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 reading that other places, whenever I've just read information about this, it, it was a thing. Like they talk about it so much how um they just kind of naturally group together based on their fictional classes or, or species or whatever. Um
0: yeah.
1: and, and that just kind of happened. The the orangutans were hanging out with the orangutans on set that day because they were shooting together or whatever. But yeah, it's it's so um so cool and interesting, makes you wonder if. Maybe the director or people in casting had something to do with that. They just kind the, of separated them. To, yeah. Like for, a little social experiment. <laughs> yeah. Mid, mid, or, mid production. Or if it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool nonetheless.
0: It, very interesting stuff. Uh, there was an attempt to censor the final scene. Okay. Uh, when he says, I think he says, God damn you all to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlton Heston actually was a big advocate to have that kept in the movie yes. as if he's damning all the people who did that to earth. Oh, big spoiler. <laughs> There's <laughs> the people who did that to earth damning them to hell instead of using the lord's name in vain mm-hmm. and it's really something that the movie makes these all these political statements but you still have to appease the censorships
1: yeah um <laughs> there's there's no way around that that's that's yeah just... oh, of course so
0: <laughs> um pretty interesting stuff and it was uh this apparently one of the first major films to have large-scale merchandising tie-ins uh, including uh, graphic novels from Marvel comics. Did you know this?
1: Yes. Yes. I, uh-huh. I do have quite a few Planet of the Apes comics.
0: You own them? Yes. I figured. I don't know why I was surprised there. <laughs> yes. From <for> multiple <laughs> publishers, but yes. That's pretty cool. And and I think we live in a world now where every movie that is a big movie is is automatically mass marketed. Star Wars, Avengers, Avengers. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm but it's interesting to see that that this kind this is the movie that started it all
1: um yeah this is i think the we think of franchise as like something different now um something different than the planet of the apes franchise it doesn't have like much weight behind it it doesn't sound like anything that important um but you have to think that there were there were five movies made from this franchise there was there was a television show there was a lot to say about this world this was very very interesting to people and and even now you went back and watched this or sorry you saw this now for the first time yeah whether it's made well whether the acting's good whatever like this this story in it's in its essence is very interesting to to ponder to to talk about yeah um it's a conversation to have what if this all happened differently and 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 uh apes were the dominant species on the planet and, and, and we weren't like, there's so much there. So there's so much merchandising for, for whatever it's just to expand yeah. that universe and, and have people. Uh... The only thing I can think of, it kind of blew my mind when you said that because I, there's not much merchandising I can think of from the original film. But um, I do think that I remember seeing some of those vintage Halloween costumes that were basically just a mask and like a, like a thin plastic, like t uh, t-shirt thing. Um, mm. of, of, of some of the different <laughs> apes that's, in the movie
0: that's pretty cool that's a yeah. niche costume that, that not yeah, a lot definitely. of people would get for <laughs> sure yeah we well, you talked about franchises there's not a lot of franchises early in cinema history i mean no. in the 60s yeah. you got james bond i think starts mm-hmm. in 62 and then this Aside from that, franchises don't pick up until later in the 70s, right? Yeah, it seems
1: like a real 70s thing. This seems like a super early example of a franchise.
0: Yeah, I'm a sucker for the 70s. Late 60s are cool. But that's where the good the good movies the this kind of breaks the mold and and moves cinema into the 70s like the modern era uh, of cinema which we we, we know and love. Um, and I was reading about the original ending of this movie. Apparently, there was three different endings filmed, yes. and they Charlton Heston uh, obviously advocated for the 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 one that was in the movie. Do you know the other endings? Uh, is there maybe a deleted scenes that I missed?
1: Oh, I'm sure there's. Uh, something i saw in a documentary a long time ago or or on the dvds that i used to have um extras or something but to be honest with you i, I can't recall what any of them are oh bummer okay i'm gonna look that up i, I was yeah. gonna look them up but i thought uh he'll know for sure but <laughs> <laughs> if only if only yeah um, that's okay yeah th- that's uh really interesting i do Look, the ending of this is, is super important. This movie still works without that ending, but it is a huge, huge moment, not only for this movie, but in, in all of cinema and all of sci-fi, mm. this is a big moment. It's been uh, copied, parodied, talked about so many times. Um, it's, it's on everything from episodes of Futurama to just uh, whatever people's uh, high school uh, TV video production classes. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> it's definitely all over the place. It's a big one, but um Like you were saying a moment ago about Charlton Heston um, and we talked about a little bit earlier, Charlton Heston really uh, helped shape this movie. He had a lot of say um, in the things that really worked in this and and maybe we're going to go a different way. And then he was such a huge voice in saying, no, it needs to go this way or we need to do this. Um, So I think that that's really, really important. I don't love Charlton Heston as a guy or anything, but uh, he's he's pretty smart when it comes to filmmaking choices, at least. (laughs)
0: right and i think his his advocating for certain parts of this movie to be kept in really really paid off
1: yeah absolutely and helped
0: this movie a lot uh so awards as always mm-hmm. the award for best scene yes. i'm really curious i'm gonna go first because mm-hmm. I, i'm 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 more interested in what you have to say <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) uh my favorite scene was the initial exposition in the office Mm -hmm. before he regains the ability to talk Mm -hmm. he has the idea to write everything on a note uh and then he goes on to make a paper airplane and again it was asking a lot of like what ifs they they don't have flight and you're you're learning this they don't have flight they don't know what's outside they're Mm -hmm. kind of living in like a 14th century world that where if you question science you were you were burned at the stake almost mm-hmm. uh and in a sense and you in this scene you kind of have this dread of like if they find out what what's really going on where does the story go from there and i yep. thought what an excellent way to put that exposition into the movie is to have these characters learn something from this character who has no voice charlton mm-hmm. heston doesn't talk what do they call them, bright eyes Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm gonna go by from this on. Or <laughs> unless you want to go for bright eyes. <laughs> oh no, no, please. Tell okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um really interesting that they can uh, because there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like little plot holes that if you don't cover those plot holes, this movie is Swiss cheese.
1: Oh yeah, it it would be easy to to take this apart. Um, if, if they really didn't take the time to, to do this properly, this could have easily been like we were talking about before, like an episode of something, uh, like a little sci-fi horror thing. That's just, uh, here on, on earth, this happened instead, or, or this is what happened when we went back or, or whatever. Um, it would be easy to do that. Uh, of course, in its in its essence, this is a time travel movie. We both have talked about yes, how much it it is. time travel. And this is a, a Add it to the time list. time travel like, movie. There's yeah. so much
0: going on in this movie. And yeah, like, I never realized, hey, this is a time travel movie.
1: Yeah, well, th- this just has a lot of of themes, a lot of ideas. And the cool thing about it is they're not half baked like you would expect. Um, and they also don't feel crammed in. You don't feel weighed down by what's going on here. It actually all really works to gel, sorry, together yeah. <laughs> um, really nicely. So, um, so yeah, I can agree with you. That's a really cool scene and it's really important in the way that it explains what's going on and in the way that Taylor is communicates and, and has to communicate Um, and takes that huge risk to communicate, um, because he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Of course, his, his buddies really uh, got the, the I I couldn't think of the word, but yeah, yeah. The, his, his crewmate, whatever you want to call him um, is basically lobotomized.
0: Um, the other one is what stuffed and is
1: uh, is in like a museum. Um, yeah. So, so he's taking a, a a big swing there and it it pays off obviously. And he has a big hand in that too. Of course he, Mm. he fights for it, but, um, but yeah, that's a really cool scene, and how it ties into that courtroom scene later—how um, how that was all pretty much predetermined, uh, and, and that was going to be the outcome regardless. There's just some really cool stuff in here that's packed in very, very tightly.
0: Absolutely. Anytime that comes on, I, I, I do, I do enjoy that scene. If it comes on in the future and I see it on TV, I'm watching. I, I, yeah. I, I loved oh, yeah. that part. But that doesn't matter because I want to know what what you picked.
1: Man, this one is. I did this last time um, and I, I hate, doing this. Cause I feel like it's not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. I hate to, to come outside of my box and do something different, but I I can't do that money shot. Like in the whole buildup to it with Taylor and, and and everybody riding the horses on the beach. And then, and then him breaking down when he sees uh, the statue of Liberty is just huge. It's such a huge, huge moment. I can't pass that up for the best scene in the movie. It's, it's so good. Absolutely. One of, uh, <laughs>
0: One of the best plot twists... Now, I knew... Because I watched a lot of Watch Mojo and all those mm-hmm. like top ten movie and plot twists, and I I love that that this is kind of a movie that started a plot twist, or it's one of the biggest in in cinema history. Mm-hmm. And that scene, you're right, the cinematography beautiful in this movie. Oh yeah, the shots, the wide shots of him riding the horse, and then the camera is kind of like behind the torch of the Statue of Liberty. And at first, you're like, "Well, I I don't what is that? It must just be something." And then it cuts to the wide shot of him getting off the horse and and you realize it's the statue of Liberty. And he, he in fact was on earth this whole time. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And then I started thinking, what if he just said, Oh, I'm from earth. Does that make this movie 25
1: minutes long? (laughs) It's, Odd, uh, I remember being a kid, and this is gonna show you how uh, unintelligent I am, especially as a child. But, um, so I remember seeing this movie for the first time and thinking, God, he made such a big deal out of seeing the Statue of Liberty there. Like, who, what, what's the big deal? Like, he got, I. I I initially thought, okay, well, I, I guess this is blocking his way and he can't go any further. Um, I didn't think anything <laughs> of it of his and then once, yeah. And then once go I around together. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was like, oh, okay. Well, um, somehow the, Statue of Liberty has crashed from Earth onto this planet and embedded itself <laughs> at the beach here. Um, so it took me a, a while. Um, I I can't recall what age. We'll say I was I was really really young, but in all reality, I was probably like ten or something. But um, sure. but yeah, uh, to to realize the impact of of what was going on in that scene. But it's it's an important scene, obviously it kind of makes this whole movie. And if you are privileged enough to have no spoiler whatsoever and go into this thing completely cold and your first viewing is that's it. It's a virgin viewing of this movie and you know nothing about it and you watch it. And then that happens. It is kind of a mind fuck. Um, oh, it's a total mind. Fuck. I knew the ending uh-huh. and I knew what was coming, but I still could not wait for that moment. But what about your worst scene? The worst scene is kind of hard. There are definitely nominees of a worst scene in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's everything works in harmony together. Like it, even even the bad goes along with the good. Like everything's kind of needed here, and I don't see much of anything that could like really even be cut out or anything like that. I don't see a, yeah. a lot of fat to trim to use my trademarked quote there but um (laughs) that i came up with myself definitely that's more merch stuff
0: trim the fat and then we'll put tm there
1: Um, (laughs) yeah but um but yeah there's so there's not a lot here there's not a lot that doesn't make sense within the story um yeah it doesn't have a purpose or anything and this scene definitely does have a purpose um i'm not a 100 percent sure why but it just feels sometimes when i'm watching this movie i'm re-watching it i just want it to be over and i want to i want to get to that next scene so maybe that's why mm-hmm. but the the cave scene for me the scene where uh taylor sees those uh relics from uh humans from from his time the the, yeah. of the heart valve all of those things um i i don't know something something about that scene just just makes me want to jump to the next scene, so, so that's it, one for
0: me. Yeah, it's like you know he's gonna find the Statue of Liberty just around that the, the bend there, but at the same time he's finding dolls. And I, I thought to myself, watch this, I'm like, okay, I'll just give it the benefit of the doubt, um, for the sake of storytelling. Wouldn't he have realized, like, hey,
1: I'm, I think I'm on Earth, <laughs> and and maybe that's why. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I, I always forget about the doll. So so yeah, the 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 talking doll, um. Yeah yeah how would you not realize at that point why would it take for you to go see the statue of liberty um you have these things that somehow got here onto this planet that are guns guns Uh horses Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um
0: so it's it's something else yeah i can see why you didn't like that scene I, i i can totally understand my my choice was uh the chase escape from the prison It was tough because I did that thing. I watched the movie through and then I kind of took the the scan bar and I, uh, on my phone, I I scanned back Mm -hmm. so that it kind of fast forward the movie just to see if there was a part of the movie where I was like, well, I could fast forward this Mm -hmm. because you're right. Every single scene means something. There's a line or a quote, or even if it's something small that you miss out on that, you miss out a lot. So them chasing him um, really was nothing crazy. It was cool to see like the, the reverse, uh, like the role reversal, how if, if like an ape escaped from like a test facility, humans Mm -hmm. would do the same thing, kind of chase it without hurting it. Pretty okay there. Um, But uh, he sees his other co-pilot, which is uh, again, uh, the importance of that scene Mm -hmm. is so that he sees the the, the other astronaut with him. So I, I think if I had to pick one, it was tough. It was not easy, especially when every scene gels and means something yep it's so hard to say hey this is the worst one
1: yeah i i I agree um i have no problem watching either of those scenes the one i pointed out the one you pointed out um yeah so so it really is just kind of grasping for something at that point that we're kind of doing which is why um but but yeah it everything if you've never seen this movie if you've never really thought about it and analyzed it or whatever everything has a purpose it's not it's not a movie where where something was just written in to, to fill some runtime or or anything like that. Absolutely, because I was thinking about I, I it made me think
0: about the remake, the one with Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, if this one is 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 going by and it's I'm impressed this much by it, what's the what's the remake like? So I'm really curious to see there and how how they uh, tell such a, a whole story without mm-hmm. ripping it off directly so
1: well i would love for you to see that remake um that would be i i don't know if you have any plans to to make it that far um <laughs> in in your uh whatever your your journey of uh i like well TV mark Wahlberg. Is, yeah I, I do too mark Wahlberg's is great <laughs> um it, it's a pretty universally hated movie a lot of people say that it's terrible it's a really bad remake um i don't hate it i i actually enjoyed it i i know we're not Talking about it on this episode sure. or whatever, but um, but it would be very interesting after hearing what you thought about this one to hear what you think about that one, and and then of course the the newer one as well. Um, oh, the dawn for the planet of the age. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Because uh, hot take, um, I actually really like the Tim Burton Mark Wahlberg one a lot more than the newest franchise. Like, I I, I think better. Um. I like the way that the story was told here and the way that it unfolds. And it's not linear per se. The 2001 one is kind of done the same way. Whereas this newer one is just more straightforward and wants to tell the very beginnings of the story and then go from there. Gotcha.
0: Okay. I'm definitely going to make it a point to see it because I'm just, I'm so curious. Yeah, you should. How they remade this movie. Even
1: if it's bad, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. One of those movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: yeah uh favorite character slash actor in this movie mine i had to go with Zira. okay uh very convincing um Mm -hmm. in the role uh and it's actually i was reading that uh ingrid bergman who was kind of like hollywood royalty she was back in like the 30s and 40s like you know that that kind of era of hollywood where i don't know how to explain it you know it was just a different era Mm mm-hmm right and it was like more regal i guess mm-hmm. um uh, she said she she actually regrets not taking this role and it was really impressive i was really impressed by um her performance uh the the, the fact that she was able to convey enough emotion while wearing that, that those prosthetic uh features on her face mm-hmm And I was just really impressed. Every time she was on screen, I was just like, yeah, let's, let's get some more of this. I'm loving the character. Cause you can almost say she is the main character of the movie next to.
1: Yeah. Well, she really is. It just depends on which point of view you want to take there or whatever. But um, this is like the humans are the side note here. We're just following Taylor through it. But, um, but yeah, this is, this is, I don't know, equally her story. (laughs) Um, Yeah for sure story. Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I hate to take a human as my favorite character since we have so many cool apes and stuff here, but, um, but I, I really like Nova a lot. Um, Linda Harrison as Nova, uh, Charlton Heston's love interest or, yep. or, or whatever, whatever we're going to call her. Um, his yeah, I don't know what, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah I guess. i not sure just... what happened there. Yeah. But, a uh, <laughs> I don't know. So there's something, but um, yeah, I really like her a lot. She has um, what she does without having speaking roles, uh, what she does with her eyes, the, her just action and, and and looking scared and so primitive and everything. I feel like she really pulls that off really well. Yep. She does a good job. Um, I, I was, when I first saw this movie, I was really um, intrigued by her character a lot. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a cool, uh, audience point of view from from the savage human perspective or whatever. So yeah. So she's my favorite character in this movie. and all the humans were mute. Did they <laughs> say maybe I missed this
0: part? Did they really mention why the humans didn't talk?
1: Well, I think that we're like led to believe that they just hadn't like they they just de evolved to that point. Um okay. that there was no need for them to communicate. I and guess. that's the,
0: the important part of this movie is that questions like that pop up, but you're like, yeah. well, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, and look, it's not laid out in this movie, but you have to remember there's five movies in a television series that come after it, a whole bunch of books, comic books. Um, that is definitely explained somewhere. I can promise you that. Okay. I look forward to, to finding out exactly why.
0: Mm -hmm. because there's still some questions that while they weren't answered in this movie, I'm okay with it. It's fine. What has aged the best, uh, in this movie for you when you watch it? Like what,
1: what, what just still looks good or is good. I don't know. I feel like it would be really easy to say it aged the best and the worst. And and that being like the costume design and the makeup, they, they really, uh, did something phenomenal here but of course it's it's aged uh, it doesn't look great now um yeah i think the set design is is done really really well i really like it a lot um i i remember um reading somewhere that the little um i don't know the, buildings that are etched yeah. into the the rock and everything were were inspired by uh, some primitive buildings like out um, in turkey and 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 once you look at those side by side there you see the similarities and you see what's going on there and everything and it's it's really cool that they decided to do that um and
0: it's really cool because in real the real world like mm-hmm. turkey and the, and the middle east is that's this that's the, the the birthplace of like human evolution and yeah, human, exactly. so it's really good good point i, I like that that's good to know
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah really cool and I mean, I, I think kind of anytime you look at the set design here, it's done really well. Even even out in the fields, even out in the woods, uh, in the cave, on the beach, of course, um, mm-hmm. in the courtroom, the set design just looks really nice here. So yep. I, I give them mad props for that. They just kind of blew it out of the water. I think it trumps the acting, It, it even, even the story, that set design just looks great
0: yes you're right it does age really well and the fact that they kind of mix on location or like the real world locations Mm -hmm. uh shoots with these these sets it kind of blurs the line and you can't really tell what's what at times uh so i applaud it for that i think the makeup and the the practical effects um is is something that you don't see in movies anymore and you get cgi messes like she hulk Mm-hmm. um where it's solely based on CGI and if any little thing goes wrong then it just it looks that that uncanny valley yep. where I'd mm-hmm. rather say put them in prosthetics instead of the uncanny valley that's that's my opinion so i think that aged the one of the best and um it is you know one of the the most the it's 17% of the total budget of this movie was spent on makeup and 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 that kind of design and it really shows especially like i said keep saying it from 1968
1: yeah it it's kind of mind-blowing that you look at this and think that it was made uh, filmed whatever in 1968 from from the uh the makeup the costumes the set design all of that uh they they really did an outstanding job absolutely what what do you think on the other hand what is
0: aged the worst Uh, i think we caught talked a couple weeks ago about independence day and those post-apocalyptic movies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this movie is that yeah it's another one of those movies but this again you don't realize it Mm -hmm. so i think those this goes to show you that in post-apocalyptic movies just turn into like cgi mush of the world just collapsing in on itself and you don't need that
1: no not at all this
0: movie did what independence Day tried to do and make the characters the forefront and the most important part interesting part of the movie and it did it successfully
1: Yep. Yeah. You're really invested in each one of these characters when they come on screen, when you hear their backstories, whenever you hear little snippets of their lives or whatever, even with somebody like, look, if I can connect with Nova, who has no dialogue in the film whatsoever, I don't know what her motivations and what she's doing. um, But I still feel a strong connection with that character. They've really done their job as actors and as writers and and everything is done well here. Um, Yeah. For, for me, the kind of what's aged the worst is and this is going to be a, a weird answer. Um, okay. Weird is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's necessarily Charlton Heston. We all know he's a big actor. He's a, he's a big over-the-top actor. Um, and Charlton Heston is who Charlton Heston is outside of acting. So that's whatever. But um, sure. I'm not going to choose Charlton Heston himself. But there is this weird, weird form of acting from that time period. I don't know what to call it. I don't know how to label it or whatever. Um, The main example I can give you is those odd uh, close-ups where we stay on their face and they're maniacally laughing and and stuff like that. Um, (laughs) That (laughs) is when the US flag is planted. Oh, I (laughs) was so
0: glad you brought that up because that shit, that made me laugh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so odd and it gets to the point where it's just uncomfortable and you're, yeah. you're thinking, what the fuck am I looking at? Why is this happening? Um, I don't know how to break that down into what it is and call it something, but that mm-hmm. is age the worst to me. It was very like there's a lot of things that scream
0: the 60s in this movie mm-hmm. and it's the the it'll be a far out shot and it'll zoom in on one specific thing to kind of relay a point or message. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I, I still, I, I don't really understand some of that stuff. But yeah. uh, you're right; that definitely does age the movie and say, "Wow, this is a, a product in the '60s." James Bond does the same thing. Yes, the movies yeah movies the same Yeah, year. yeah. It huge, totally. Huge
1: James <laughs> Bond thing. He <It> probably <laughs> got it from Bond. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, so I agree with you there. Um, the, the
1: spin-offs question. I mean, obviously. Well, yeah. look, I, I've got one for you here. Then okay, um, so. So so, stay with me here. Um, sure. Instead of spinoffs, I've got something a little different. I have a little bit of a different idea. Of this is this is this would be easy to make a spinoff of. You could go into uh, backstories of the astronauts. You could go into obviously the evolution of the apes, the humans, whatever. There's there's a lot to pull from. Sure. But um, in 1993, Mary Kate, Nashley Olsen, a full house fame, began a video production studio which spawned classic films such as to grandmother's house we go uh-huh. double trouble toil and trouble how the west was fun it takes to billboard dad passport to paris switching goals our lips are sealed winning london Holiday in the Sun, Getting There, Winning Rome, The Challenge, New York You Minute. You've
0: seen all these, right?
1: <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm looking to <laughs> my to speak. Um, all, all the way to the adventures of uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley and Two of a Kind and So Little Time. Um, if sure. the girls were to produce their own Planet of the Apes reboot starring the twins, and they couldn't name it Planet of the Apes, and it had to, to take a cue from, from some of those other movies, what would they have named it? what would they have named it run by a a couple of those titles? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, how the West was fun. Uh, it takes two our lips are sealed when in Rome, New York minute. Wow. This is (laughs) wow. Um,
0: so it's a Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen produced Planet of the Apes. Yes, yes, yes. I think like the I feel like the movie would revolve around a dog or or some kind of lost dog and sure. how humans treat the dogs, yada yada, because <laughs> some kind of moral meaning there, yeah. uh, lesson for the kids. As far as title, I'm pretty sure there's a pl- a special job in Hollywood just for creating titles yes, because yeah. that that cannot sure. be easy. <laughs> there's it's gotta be i i really don't know i'd have to think of it did, did you did you write some down because i, I, I want to know what you wrote i
1: i have nothing i i just nothing the eh? yeah i want i wanted to throw this one at you um god there's there's nothing i can think of either other than i think that you would want to incorporate the fact that there's two of them and they're like maybe maybe not maybe not that you have to say twins or something but um but that there are two girls there um like yeah. a tale
0: of two primate primates I, I, I or something. I love
1: that. That that might be it. <laughs> yeah. Winner. It's like you almost take the fact that there's two of them and then you take something else that's like a, a, a saying or a song title or something from from somewhere and then and then use that, such as New York Minute, When in Rome, things like that. Um, so, yeah, a, a tale of two primates. I, I, I can dig that.
0: Gotcha. Right on. There it is. We, yeah. we did it. We're Hollywood now.
1: <laughs> <Yep>.
0: <laughs> most quotable line or favorite quote from this movie what uh what's your choice do man you go, I, do you go with the safe
1: bet like the one everybody knows or like how do you not like what else there's i don't know that this is a highly quotable movie other than than uh you know get your stinking paws off me you damn dirty ape i mean that's mm. it's so big like how do you how do you find anything that's bigger than that in this movie? Um You're right. You're absolutely right. And and this is uh it was voted
0: as number 66 of in the movie quotes in 2005 by the American Film Institute out of 100, so mm-hmm. a pretty pretty famous line that a lot of people don't think they realize is from Planet of the Apes.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure there's probably so many people out there that have said that that have never seen the movie or don't even know where it's from, but right. it's just iconic. It's just a a thing if you like film a lot of people don't like sci-fi uh especially mm-hmm. if they're really into film they're more into drama and stuff like that um so they may not know where this comes from but it's an iconic line so absolutely the,
0: i have tried to avoid the, the obvious one get your mm-hmm. paws on me yeah you know um so a couple that i i saw that that really popped out and stuck with me is uh really early in the movie he says chalk another chalk up another victory to the human spirit Mm -hmm. (laughs) i thought i'm gonna use that in real life that's awesome yeah and on the other side of the spectrum at the end of the movie dr zayas is tied up and he says i have always known about man his wisdom must go hand in hand with idiocy his emotions must rule his brain and i thought wow that is a (laughs) a real ass quote there dr Zayus."
1: yeah very true
0: <laughs> so so yeah i uh, i have to say those are usually i can't pick three or four quotes out of a movie but this movie is it's just it's got it's really well written and they know how to drop those lines in, in important moments of the movie
1: yeah this was i think through and through what you'll see here um regardless of how we feel and of course we'll probably get into that very soon but um with our our ratings and everything yep but this was it just it worked on so many levels like that you just wouldn't expect it to um i know that it works i know this is one of my favorite movies that's why i suggested it um i was really genuinely excited that you had not seen this movie um i really really wanted to to get your opinion on it and what you thought regardless of what it was uh even even if you you say this and then we get down to the ratings and you go it's a four. It, was, it was done really well and everything, but it's just not for me. I'm not into sci-fi. I don't like monkeys, whatever. Gotcha. Um, and, and it's a two, um, it's still is important to hear that. Um, just because there are so many things that work in unison together here. Um, uh, and I think I just said two of the same things, but you get what I'm saying. No, no I get it. it. it yeah. It, it worked together. Um, yeah, the sides that are written for the actors, the, the characters here, what's, what's just on that surface level right below uh, all the politics, everything mm-hmm. that's being said. Um, yeah.
0: What piece of movie memorabilia would you keep from this film? Um, I would love one of the ape costumes, maybe not the prosthetics, but the actual <laughs> outfits that they wear. Sure. Either the orange one or the green. I thought that was absolute. Those are, those are really cool. Oh yeah. Those are, those uh, are super
1: I, cool. I would rock it. <laughs> Um, I, I had the, uh, the suspended animation chamber for (laughs) whatever, whatever we're calling those, um, from, from the inside of the spaceship at the beginning. Um, I think those are cool, especially the one with the, uh, with the dead shriveled up, uh, lady astronaut. (laughs) That was, that was creepy. Like early in the movie. Wow.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, So do you, you want the one with the woman in it? Oh yeah. You gotta have the one with the woman okay I, it, was there a love interest there was it was that bright eyes was
1: that his girlfriend or something well believe it or not she was they were they were uh setting out to repopulate a new planet just the four of them so those three dudes and her had to repopulate location <laughs> on that planet so it was a wild wild friday night there for them exactly. yeah so <laughs> um so she was going to be very busy but
0: very interesting stuff. Wow. Okay. What do you
1: rank this film out of 10 and why? I'm trying to remember back. I'm pretty sure I gave Jurassic Park a solid 10. Yep. Um, I can't remember what I gave back to the future but I think it was a solid 10. Yeah. And I think Scream as well. Okay. Um that I think I've given a couple of solid 10s here. Um as yeah. we go on and we kind of evolve in what we're doing here um and and uh this progresses and everything i think that there's certain things that i'm looking for to rate a movie um that are uh things that are kind of hit like a checklist or whatever Um, and and it's it's going to be a little bit harder to hit those those perfect tens and stuff this is one of my favorite movies this I, i think that i've said before my three favorite movies are this jurassic park and jaws um right all uh creature sci-fi uh movies or or, or whatever um yep. look this one i i talked about how much i love um the commentary here i think that's my favorite thing about this is is what we're saying about war what we're saying about class race all of those things how the uh different species of apes or different classes i think that that's brilliant i think the way that they did that is uh really really well written um I like the fact that uh, this almost is like somewhat of a cautionary tale, even though it takes place so far in the future. Um, I yeah. like what they did with the meta science here, even if it doesn't <laughs> play out. Um, I I think that uh, this is, it's just an outstanding movie with all of its characters and with the main characters being the apes and with our, couple of astronauts and then uh savage uh, woods humans or whatever, as, as the secondary players in this Charlton Heston himself is hard for me to like. It's always hard for me to like a movie with Charlton Heston. And I have some kind of odd bias and I'm not exactly sure what it stems from. I don't quite remember. I think it might have something to do with gun advocacy, but uh, I don't yes. really
0: remember. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I remember
0: read. that was, he was um, the name.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. We're we're never here to get into politics, our personal politics, are our own personal politics and, and, and whatever, but I will come out and say, I, I don't touch guns. Um, I don't own a gun and I I don't want to shoot a gun. Um, so I, I think whenever I hear somebody that's so into guns and everything, it does, uh, kind of turn me off a little bit. So I think that probably paints a little bit of a, a negative picture, um, for Charlton Heston for me, whenever I go back and look at some of his, uh, work and stuff, how much does that taint this movie for you though? It doesn't taint it. It's it's just him. Um, yeah. And I think that I roll that all in together with his odd uh, acting choices and his uh, maniacal laughter and stuff like that anyway. So I think that it doesn't paint like a horrible picture or anything. I think I'm okay with it. I, 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 I also think that it would be interesting to see somebody like uh, William Shatner in this role or something and see what mm-hmm. they did with it too. Somebody else who's over the top but has a you different – You know who I thought was Paul Newman? paul newman too that would be very very <laughs> interesting. yes you are correct there um but but look charlton heston was really important to this movie and we talked mm-hmm. about that before this movie obviously would not have been what it is and wouldn't have had the same uh stuff that made it into the final film without charlton heston advocating for those things and, sure. and the way that he he saw the movie so um so look with all of that said really the only thing that i can take away any points for in this movie are those couple of things that i don't like about charlton heston and that really doesn't have much to do with this movie other than his overacting at times Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give it a 9.5
0: i thought for sure it was a 10 (laughs) that's okay that's okay some of my favorite movies are nines 9.5s it's okay Mm -hmm when i looked at this movie and watched it for the first time never seen planet of the apes before i didn't know what this movie was about i didn't know what kind of layers were in this movie i thought it was going to be a pretty straightforward sci-fi generic movie Mm -hmm. no offense no offense to you oh sure yeah but then as i started watching i'm like wow this is incredible the acting was truly convincing although over the top and Mm -hmm. i think that's a 60s thing yeah, where sure. they're like hey okay, just ham it up charlton like we don't we don't care <laughs> just just ham it up a little bit fine so i'm willing to look past it uh makeup but the makeup and the the, the artistry there didn't take me out of this movie at points i thought i forgot they were humans under there uh-huh. <laughs> and i'm like wow, this is actually convincing with their facial expressions the way they walked um the way they ha- they held their hands it, it all added to the 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 level of of Like quality in in filmmaking that you don't really see anymore little to no cgi reliance which is a huge thing for this movie a story is simple the characters are identifiable uh, with their own goals either good or bad Mm -hmm. you know what each character wants the beautiful cinematography of this film absolutely stunning uh the ending shot what a twist i Mm -hmm. i love movies that make people think and if if you whether it's spoiled for you or not I think the ending is of this movie is great and how it it, it's that wide shot of him in the, the, um, the Statue of Liberty and that's it. It's commentary without feeling like commentary. You know how you can have some movies that are, it's, it's right in your face. Like this is, this is what's going on. This is the message we're trying to purvey. I don't like that. I like that. They did this with a sci-fi take in a way that you can watch this movie as a, a survival movie on a planet of apes or you can watch this as commentary on what's happening in the world around. I love those kind of movies. And the character development uh, is, is absolutely, it's, it's incredible in this movie. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I love to see. And you see it most out of the Cornelius in the scene where I talked about, they kind of learn from him where he's writing, where, where uh, Taylor's writing down all this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Cornelius says, well, no, surely this is all made up He, It's just a ploy, it's all a mm-hmm. trick yep. And then you go to the end of the movie And he's like, hey, I'm I'm willing to overthrow Zai- Zaius and, and all these other apes Um. So really, really impressive character development Which is a big thing that a lot of movies can forget about So for that, I'm going to give this movie a 9.0 In the sense that I can see myself watching this movie If not once a year, every two years and if someone tells me they haven't seen this movie, you got to watch it. If, if there's a movie that's a staple from the sixties next to the sting, mm-hmm. I'd say it's planet of the eight.
1: <laughs> well, so. that's, that's great to hear. Um, I look, I wasn't expecting a nine. That's, that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I was expecting for this movie to impact you in some way, um, whether that be positive, negative or whatever, I, I definitely thought you would have feelings about it mm-hmm. either way. And it wouldn't just be a sci-fi movie that you watched. Um, so, so to hear that is, is really an accomplishment, I think. And um, in, in what they did here, you know, listen up, anybody listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, look, you've, you've seen planet of the apes. I'm sure you're listening to this episode, For sure. um, whatever, whatever, Planet of the Apes, go back and re-watch Planet of the Apes. Uh yep. Planet of the Apes is always a a thought-provoking movie to sit down and watch. Um, but that is a solid score, a nine-five and a nine-o. That's Amazing.
0: yeah. It, it I think there's a part when I'm watching a movie and I, I and I think to myself, wow, they don't make like this is a movie. Like they don't yeah. make movies like this anymore. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And of all the things we talked about i thought you know what i can't i can't take away much from this movie this is a well-crafted film and Mm -hmm. uh if you haven't seen it like you said go watch it if you have seen it find somebody who hasn't seen it and watch it with them because this is a movie that i think i think that i would say it's it's probably at least on my top 200 movies to watch before you go Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely so that is our opinion on planet of the apes from 1968 not the tim burton remake
1: <laughs> not yet the tim burton.
0: not yet we'll see <laughs>
1: uh
0: yeah so for real good movies i'm bright eyes Jer. i'm dan and we thank you for listening we'll talk to you soon take your sticking paws off me you damn
1: dirty ape